This is the Rich Eisen Show. The greatest comeback in the history of the National Football League. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Patrick Peterson was saying all we need is five touchdowns, and I thought... You watch the first half, you know, getting one touchdown is good at the top, let alone five. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show. NFL Network Insider Ian Rappaport. Coming up. Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen. Pro Football Hall of Famer Terry Bradshaw. And now it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air here on the Roku channel. And this Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate Sirius XM Odyssey podcast. There's just no way to miss this, quite frankly. Um, um, it's on you. Not to be aggressive, um, but uh, that's the way we come on out of the air in hour number two. If you missed the way we started the show, we were it was all about Franco Harris. His sudden passing, the Steelers sent out a, a statement uh, today, called it unexpected. Unexpected passing. Three days before his number is going to be retired as only the third number retired by the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. And two days before, he put the Steelers himself the city of Pittsburgh is a football town on the map with the Immaculate Reception. Uh, I mean, it's really, it, it is shocking and stunning and you can't make it up. And our game on NFL Network that I'm flying out to uh, call on Saturday night now has uh, a feel of a memorial uh, to remember and celebrate the life and times of Franco Harris in Acrisure Stadium in a pretty big football game. The Steelers need a win, and the Raiders need a win, and they're both in that building on Saturday night. And it's going to be freezing, and it's going to be wild, and it's going to be moving, and uh, I'm going to be honored to be calling it. Keenan Allen of the Los Angeles Chargers coming up in about 40 minutes' time. Uh, Justin Herbert's now going to go against Nick Foles. <laughs> I, I, I mean, cold season is just... didn't see that one coming. <laughs> this cold season is uh, what we call... Um, off the hook. I thought you were going to call it a poop show. No, I mean, uh, again, um, season starts. Matt Ryan, Frank Reich. Frank Reich out after Matt Ryan's out. Sam Ellinger's in. He's out. Matt Ryan's back because Jeff Saturday's the interim coach. I remember you were sitting here uh, on uh, where you were, and I'm, I'm here, you're there. <laughs> and, um, and you're like, the interim coach has just been named. It's, it's Jeff Saturday. I'm like, what? Excuse me? Say what, what? <laughs> One more time. And, you know, and, and Saturday's first few games are stuff to, that you can't forget because he gets out there five days after being named an interim coach, having never coached above the high school level, and he, 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 he hires within the ranks, elevates within the ranks, a guy named Parks Frazier, who I'd never heard of before, and because the Colts had fired their offensive coordinator before firing Frank Reich, and he was a play caller. They didn't have anybody who'd ever called a play, and they also had a head coach who had never been a head coach above the high school level, and they go to Vegas and win. They beat mm-hmm. the Vegas Raiders. Yeah. And Matt Ryan had a 40-yard, damn near 40-yard run to help seal it on third down late in the fourth quarter. The Indianapolis Colts follow that up by almost handing the Philadelphia Eagles a second consecutive loss. They almost beat the Eagles the next week before losing in the final seconds of that game. And then they have a a Monday night game where the Steelers come in in a back-and-forth contest that the Steelers win. Then they go to Dallas and take a lead. And they're down 21-19 going to the fourth quarter. And just when you think this could be it, 
They give up 33 unanswered. Go on a bye, come back, score the first 33 points of a game, and then lose in historic fashion. Took Frank Reich's job and then his record. And then they come back and say it's Nick Foles starting. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Saturday says it gives him the best chance to win. And as far as I'm concerned, if he's playing for his job, if he really has an opportunity to play for his job, and go for it. Go for it. And if the locker room feels it's the best chance to win, go for it. Nick Foles has come up with stranger miracles, I might say. <laughs> right? Uh, go for it. Correct. That adds just another fascinating layer to another Indianapolis Colts game that for some reason the football gods have seen fit to be nationally televised it's their last nationally televised game of the year because uh nbc is not flexing into uh indianapolis at the giants and indy houston will not be game 272 so wow keenan allen's going to be joining us because the chargers have a real shot to get that five seed now if the Ravens, as Ian Rappaport said, now are number one, might not have Lamar Jackson back. He hasn't practiced yet all week. And when I spoke to John Arbaugh and the rest of that team on on Friday going into that Saturday game um, in Cleveland, they all said, you know what, Lamar maybe could have played this week, but he would have to wear a brace, and that's not the way he wants to play. So we left him home. And, you know, next week we we, we should get him back. You know, next week looks better. Oh, okay. Well, now next week's here, and he's yet to practice. And their game is Saturday. So, let's go to the phone lines. Dennis in Minnesota, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Dennis? Hi, Rich. Uh, I just want to say, I heard you talking about Franco Harris being back at reception. Yes. The interesting thing about that game is that was not broadcast live in Pittsburgh that day. (laughs) Different times, That was the last year that the NFL did not broadcast home games in the home city. So, and they, they rebroadcast it at midnight that night. So my parents and I stayed up and watched it until like three in the morning just to watch that one play. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was coming, huh? You knew it was coming? Oh, yeah. We had it on the radio. Sure. Myron Cope. I'm sure Cope was calling it, right, Myron? Prob- yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. In fact, I have one of his terrible towels here. I bet you do. I mean, it, you know, and of course... It, it being 50 years ago on Friday, that's five decades and two generations of fans who know the Steelers as a stable winning franchise. And um, they were not on fourth and 10 with 22 seconds and no timeouts left from their own 40 in that divisional playoff game. They, they just were not. I mean, and there they were going to be one and done in their only playoff season since 1947. And, then that happens, and a dynasty is born. It really is unbelievable. It really is truly an unbelievable moment that is maybe the number one story in the history of the NFL. Truly. Well, you talk about how bad they were before that. I think in 1967, they went 1-13. and 13, mm. And then they got Mean Joe Green, and they got Chuck Knoll. And look, look what happened then. Thanks for the call and the it's recollection, nothing. Dennis. Thanks so much right there. 1967, 1969 is when they were 1-13. and 13. 
Yeah, yeah I have they, it written they, down here. One and thirteen in sixty nine. One and thirteen in sixty nine. And that's when Chuck Knoll did come on board and cut Ed O'Neill in, in training camp. That was Chuck, uh, Chuck Knoll's first year, 1969. 1-13. and 13. So they were 2-11-1-68. Right, and then Bradshaw shows up. Chuck Knoll, uh, Chuck Knoll comes in. Bill Austin fired. Chuck Knoll comes in, go 1-13, and 13, and then two years later they go on a run. Yeah, Bradshaw starts starting for the team in 1970. And then the rest, as we know, is history. Went back-to-back twice. Terry Bradshaw coming up in hour number three. Alan Dallas, how you doing, Al? Gentlemen, uh, happy holidays Same to, you. to everyone. Same um, you, looking uh, looking forward for a nice long holiday uh, holiday weekend, and uh, it's going to be ten degrees here tomorrow, Rich. So I'll feel your pain uh, when you uh, go up to Pittsburgh. Um, you know, this is uh, you and I are the same age, Richard. So you know, seventy seven, seventy eight. Uh, the only teams that were on TV that you you know you watched with on the national television was Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers. Yep. So, you know, you either liked one or the other. And I, I was a Pittsburgh guy and, you know, Franco Harris with, uh, with all his, uh, pomp and circumstance, what a, what a, what a great player and a true gentleman. And it's a shame that, uh, this happened right before, uh, right before that game. That's a, it's a terrible somber note. Um, so, you know, we, we have that, uh, I would be remiss though if I couldn't just to add some levity and some go for it. And some uh, humor. To it. How about those New York Mets, Richard? I don't know, man. <laughs> it's really unbelievable. It's uh, it really is a sh- unbelievable, a total well, godsend for Mets fans. The landscape is going to change. The landscape of sports ownership is going to change. The Phoenix Suns, the guy had to sell the team. It went for four billion dollars. If the Phoenix Suns are worth four billion dollars, what are the Knicks worth? What are the Celtics worth? Jeez. The New York Mets sold for two point two billion uh, two years ago. What are they worth now? When Man U sells for eight billion dollars, you know, like this is the way it is. It's not about income producing. The team I've said it before, and I'll say it again: the Mara family, the Rooney family, all these people that you know that don't have outside income that can help support their team. They got. They're going to be selling. Well, I mean, it's it it's different ball of wax though in the NFL um, because of the salary cap and revenue sharing and. You know, like say, for instance, for instance, the new the new deal that's rumored to be imminent between the NFL and YouTube slash Google, uh, two and a half billion dollars a year that gets split up, you know, uh, amongst owners and then players get uh, a percentage based on the collective bargaining agreement. I mean, and that's spread around. You know, the, the difference yeah. the difference is the difference is is what Jerry Jones can do with his building and what you can do with your building and what you could do with your fan base and what you could do with your local deals and what you could do with your, um, you know, uh, marketing and what have you. And the Steelers have one of the most um, diehard fan bases. And I thanks for the call, Al, and, and happy holidays to you and yours. You know, um, that's that's the difference in the NFL. Baseball's a different story. And let's hit on that. Growing up in New York City, there was a guarantee, a guarantee with George M. Steinbrenner III being the owner of the New York Yankees, that the Yankees would be in on every single free agent worth a damn. And part of the reason why is because George not only wanted to win, but he was going to spend the money. He's willing to spend the money. And there were other owners like Charlie Finley of the A's and other owners in baseball that just weren't going to do it. They didn't have it or wouldn't spend it. And the Yankees were going to have an advantage, a competitive advantage, and then the Yankees create their own network, the Yes Network, and have that advantage, the advantage of their their new stadium eventually, but the old Yankee stadium, and 
They had the advantage. They had the competitive advantage and absolutely had the advantage over the Mets in town. Mm-hmm. A million percent. That, yeah, maybe the Red Sox or the Dodgers or somebody else in baseball might one day or in the present day combat the Yankees on free agency and the uh, desire to spend and the willingness to spend front. Never the Mets. Never, ever the Mets. The Wilpon family, we all know what happened with the Madoffs and all that business. Never. And then Steve Cohen strolls into town. And this moment in time, what we're seeing this year, puts an exclamation point on the phrase that there's a new sheriff in New York City. (laughs) Fact. Fact. And the fact that it comes on the day where the Yankees announce officially Aaron Judge has signed his contract Mm -hmm. and is named the Yankee captain, and also Carlos Rodon is officially signed by the Yankees, that there's another team in Major League Baseball telling everybody else to hold their team salary and luxury tax beer. And that team is the New York Mets. I I can't believe it. I can't either. It is a stunning turn of events. And the New York Mets with Steve Cohen, who apparently, again, the guys who write billions swear they did not base Bobby Axelrod on him. They swear it's not him. They (laughs) swear, except the fact that if Bobby Axelrod owned a Major League Baseball team, he would be acting just like this. Just like this. What's the name of the uh, the Mets GM? Who's in uh, in in? He's in the in in like uh, pink right now, with no uh, no no care in the world. Billy Upler. Oh, Upler. Billy Upler. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking you were talking about this. I'm like, I watch that show. <laughs> Billy Upler is got. Uh, is he like the wags of the operation? Like, go for it. <laughs> you know, I'm freaking out because man. it is off the charts. Carlos Correa. Signs or comes to terms with the Giants. He takes a physical. Mm-hmm. Something shows up where the Giants are like, we got to talk. And apparently, from what I've read, and Jeff Passan wrote a great recounting of what he knows from ESPN. When the Giants are like, we got to talk. Scott Boris is like, all right, well, if you want to talk, I get to talk to other people too. And then, boom. Whatever showed up on the Giants' physical, the Mets are like, we don't care. <laughs> we I don't, don't know care. what it is. I. <laughs> that's what it is, right? There is a Stephen it's like a Stephen like that. We don't care. We don't, we don't care. care. That's whatever that. Whatever that. That's exactly how they responded. <laughs> laughing. We don't care. We don't care. Come on over. Twelve years, three hundred fifteen million dollars. <laughs> Brock, when they asked the Carlos about San Francisco, he's like, ah, I'm not going to be there. Yeah, I'm not going to be there. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be there. Just <laughs> like magic. I'm tripping out, man. It's, and, you know, I'm when tripping you out. just look at it, Correa, $315 million. They re-signed Brandon Nimmo, $162 million. Edwin Diaz, you know, fire off the trumpets to the tune of $102 million. <laughs> Justin Verlander, come yeah. on by and uh, bring, bring your wife case. and her middle fingers to show to <laughs> Philadelphia Phillies fans. Justin Verlander, $86 million and change. Um, Kodai Senga from Japan, yeah. yes. who n- not a single Met fan's ever heard of. 
Well, I uh, heard Canada, about a few oh, weeks ago. Great. 75 million. Jose Quintana. Oh, we'll flip you 26 million. Win us some games. Omar Narvaez, $15 million. Adam Ottavino. Even yeah, he gets some. We kept him. I like that. Even we. Oh, please. Don't worry. He'll disappoint you at some point, like he's done Brockman and I. And then David Robertson, which is, by the way, might be the best signing of all, just 10 million bucks. Total outlay in free agency. Every number I just said. We'll do the math for you. $806.1 million. The payroll is $384 million. The payroll tax. Now, this is the key because baseball doesn't have a salary cap, but they've put something in place over the last few collective bargaining agreements to have big spending owners sit there and pump the brakes because if you go over a certain threshold, you have to pay a tax that goes to the other teams Mm -hmm. that are more than happy to just sit there and throw one AAA player after one AAA player hoping that they hit and you might be able to sign him to some sort of value deal so he doesn't go to the Yankees or the Mets or the Dodgers. They're happy to keep doing this and maybe be that plucky team that wins 90 games because they put the ball in play and maybe they can get a few guys who throw 100 million miles an hour out of the pen. And sure enough, they might make a championship series or even shock the world, win the World Series. Those teams that are content to just sit back and collect the luxury tax money, some owners in baseball are like, I'm not doing it. I'm cutting the check to people just so they could sit around and get rich and not compete against me. Stephen Cohen, in the same way that they looked at Carlos Correa's uh, physical, we don't care. We don't we care. We don't care. $111 million is his tax bill. $111 million. The average salary going into today in Major League Baseball of a Major League Baseball team, the average salary of an entire baseball team in Major League Baseball coming into today was $110 million. Stephen Cohen's tax bill is a million dollars more than the average total salary of a Major League Baseball team right now. And that's probably not including Bobby Bonilla's check. Oh, yeah, we got to tack an extra million on to that. He is changing the way baseball owners must operate. If you're sitting there thinking, I can't just flip another few million bucks to that guy for some long-term deal I'm going to regret in in 10 years from now when he's 36, pushing 37, I can't do that because it makes our luxury tax bill how much? And what's his physical look like? I don't know if I can do that. And there's a guy in New York who says, I don't care. Bring me that player. I want the piece of metal. And I want a friggin' parade, and I want ticker tape on top of my head, and I want my family and friends to see it, and I'm going to stroll into, what, Cipriani, wherever the hell he goes, and I'm going to get people saying, good work, Steve, keep it up. And I'll be like, absolutely. Who's next, Otani? Bring him. Bring me Otani, sitting there like Henry VIII, chewing on a, a, a big old turkey leg. (laughs) <laughs> bring me your finest meats and cheeses bring me your finest meats and cheeses that's what he's sitting there and everybody's probably sitting there go oh he's sitting there he's he's probably done spending and he's probably like bring me otani we need him done i'm just getting started i'm now. just getting that's the message <laughs> i'm receiving if i'm an owner in major league baseball and they have to look themselves in the mirror and say how much am i willing to spend how far am I willing to go when my competitor want? is 
absolutely already there. Absolutely already there with the capacity to go further. And I don't know if I, if I can. So maybe I should sell. Honestly. The Steinbrenners with their Goldman Sachs and their business deals with Jerry Jones and naming stadiums and having the Yes Network and all of this business. There's now somebody in town who's making them look like cheapskates. That's where baseball's finally hit. And I don't know what the, how, how's this going to land in owners meetings? How's it going to land? I don't know. And guess who doesn't care? Steve <laughs> Cohen. Man. This That's the new day. phrase. They should raise a banner in City Field. We don't care. Amazing, indeed. We'll take a break. 844 rich number to dial. I've got uh, power rankings. Oh. Yes. You know what we also got? A Bill Belichick press conference moment of the day that's supposed to be fantastic. They're all great. They're all great. And then Keenan Allen showing up shortly on the Rich Eisen Show from the L.A. Chargers. Hey, folks. It's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep. Because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because sleep number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now save 40% on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed When you open up a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, you're opening more than just doors. You're unlocking potential to do your own thing and be your own boss, steer your own success, and blaze your own trail. Each and every Sprinter van is built, designed, and equipped to let you hit the open road and take on any goal you set to help you follow your own passions and reawaken that spirit of adventure. Check all those big, bold, fun, and exciting experiences off your bucket list. When you own a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, you can live, work, and play out your dreams no matter how far off the beaten path will take you. With 16 body types, your choice of a gas or diesel engine, thousands of ways to customize, and now available in an all-wheel drive, the Sprinter van is capable and versatile enough to help you drive your ambitions wherever you want to take them. So now is the time to discover what it is that moves you most. 
Don't wait. Unlock your potential inside a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. Let's go to the phone lines here on the program. Uh, Jeff in Las Vegas, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Jeff? Oh, hey, Rich. Uh, really, thanks for taking my call. It's uh, probably the first time I've ever <laughs> called into the show, but I was a personal friend of Franco's. I've known him mm. off the field for over 25 years. and uh, I know how amazing he was as a football player, but I'm just calling to say that he was as great off the field. And uh, I was going to call him last night, but it was late. I'm in Vegas. I text him about 6.30 my time and about 7 my time, which is 10, which is around his bedtime. I got just a really nice <clears throat> text back from him because um, I know there's the big game this weekend and the 50th anniversary, and I said I just can't believe all this time is going by. And uh, and I got a wonderful text back from him right about 10, <clears throat> 10 o'clock Pittsburgh time. Sorry. Just uh, just wanted to <clears throat> tell those who knew him pers- personally and off the field um, and to his family, Doc and Dana, just uh, and I mentored both of my, my boys. One's a pretty well-decorated combat veteran. The other's a detective here in Las Vegas, and he just touched so many people's lives. So uh, <clears throat> just... <clears throat> Wishing the best in his family and his super bakery family is his business. And uh, he was a very successful business owner also, but probably the kindest and most humble person I've ever met. So, <clears throat> but I'm so grateful I got a text from him last night. Just wishing me happy holidays and couldn't believe it's the 50th anniversary <laughs> and Looking forward, he was looking forward to the Raiders game in Pittsburgh. I'm sure he was. You know, here here in Las Vegas, uh, um, everyone's up for the game too because uh, means a, big a lot. Rivalry, but I've done, I've done a lot of fundraising with him too for combat veterans, and we did a lot of stuff to feed all the unemployed here a couple of years ago. He was so gracious with his his uh, time and his money, so I just wanted to whatever you know. He was as great a person off the field. Has on the field, and and that's a beautiful tribute, Jeff. You know, because, um, you know, at the beginning of the program, I I talked about his his career and and the highlights of them, and I I'm I wanted to make sure I mentioned he was the 1976 NFL Man of the Year, which is what the Walter Payton Man of the Year uh, Award um, has grown into from the Man of the Year Award, and he could have won that every year. I mean, he could have won that. Absolutely, yeah. every year of his life. Period. End Absolutely. of story. You know. Absolutely, and um, but I think everyone that knew him, I'm sure you knew him well. They just uh, he was just so beloved for who he was, not <clears throat> what he accomplished. And uh, and he personally helped. You know, my son who came back from Iraq, and you know, we did uh, fundraisers. I helped him with the golf tournament for about four years. And, mm. um, he just, uh, you know, he just did so much to, to give back. And if you ever, <clears throat> people always stopped him for photos when he'd come to Vegas, and he would always make sure that he would not just get them, but say, hey, take a second one, <laughs> just in case the first one. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, that is so, that is so him. And hey, Jeff, um, I'm touched. I'm touched, obviously, by your emotion, but most that you wanted to share 
um, and you picked up a phone and you called and you know in a show that you you know you normally wouldn't call into and you chose this one and uh, my condolences to yeah. you and yeah. and your family and um, and and I thank you and I send you on on the day with uh, love and appreciation. Thank you. Thanks so much, Rich. Appreciate thank you, it's Jeff in Vegas. Thank you, Jeff, appreciate you. All right. Bye. John in Corpus Christi, Texas. You're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, John? Hey, Rich. Um, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I know this is a sad day for everybody, but I wanted to share with you just uh, my perspective as a kid growing up in Pittsburgh in the 70s. Um, what Franco did for the Steelers and the Steelers meant to the city. Um, I was kind of a weird kid growing up, but I knew if I went outside and I had my, my Steelers gear on, I'd be okay. There was so much togetherness about what the Steelers were doing and what it meant. And I, I wanted to share an idea I had. Um, obviously, Najee Harris is number 22, but um, depending on when they retire Franco's number, that uh, I was wondering if maybe you could make this happen, that uh, Najee could wear 32 up until halftime when they retire his number. Uh, what a wonderful idea. I I. I will pass that along. Um, I think you just did right there, and I, I appreciate your call. What a what a tribute that would be. I, I do like that idea. Because I'd imagine the, this, the, the, the number's not being worn. I mean, just because it's not retired doesn't mean they hand it out. Right. But I, I, I don't have my flip chart with me. It's in, it's in my bag in the other room. Is 32 being worn by somebody right now? I, I, I um, doubt it no, from the Pittsburgh at. Steelers. And of course, you'd have to, you'd have to let the league know. And wow, what an idea that would! I'm getting the chills just even thinking about yeah, it. Nobody on the current roster. All right, so Najee would wear 32 you for the first thought, half, yeah. take it off, and then you know actually give life to the number for a half of football, and then it gets retired at halftime. What a what a brilliant idea that is for a tribute. I just don't know. Other than just saying it right here, how to go about it, but I'll, I'm going to make a phone call, and I, I, you know, and I do know somebody who definitely knows the history of this league and this team is the commissioner who found out he was in fact the commissioner because the person who knocked on his door to tell him, "Hey, you got the job, Roger Goodell was was Dan Rooney." Wow. I mean, so I thought what, what an idea be, that is. I thought what might be cool this morning was if all the Steeler running backs kind of wore those high hip pads and had them hanging out the way Franco used to run because you don't see that anymore. And I thought, man, that might be a kind of a fitting tribute just for maybe some running backs this weekend. Man, well, I to, mean, to pop out some hip pads. with the way the NFL has been going lately, the Steelers will win when Pickett throws one over the middle off of Pat Fryermuth and it goes right into Najee Harris's hands for the touchdown right. with 22 seconds left. Like, that's the way the NFL has been going lately. <laughs> After the weekend we just saw, you can't discount that as a possibility. Absolutely not. That would be great. You can listen to the NFL and the NFL app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station Streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. If it's the NFL, it's on Westwood One. The Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Indianapolis Colts on Monday Night Football. And Keenan Allen's playing in that game. We're going to take a break, come back, and the Los Angeles Chargers receiver who gave his quarterback one of those you-the-man points on that Sunday night, went over the Dolphins the other night. 
Can't wait to chat with Keenan Allen about what's been going on with the Chargers, who are currently sixth in the AFC standings going into this holiday weekend. Back on the Rich Eisen Show in a moment. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. You know, and the um, Terry Bradshaw is going to join us in about 20 minutes' time. And I, I, if, if there is time with Terry, I do want to talk about the Immaculate Reception play itself. What's he thinking when he's under center, no timeouts left, own 40-yard line, he needs 60 yards in the next 22 seconds? He's probably thinking, I'll get half of, back, half of it back right here. Over, but he chose the middle of the field. With no timeout. Right. So they're going to have to run and they're going to have to clock. They're going to have to get it down and then go one shot at the end zone. He thought, I got two plays. And all he needed was one. And because I'm researching this for Saturday night, if I'm, if I'm going to be behind the mic for the Immaculate Reception, this is before you know Franco passed. I should know the details of it. There was not an, they, they called touchdown, but then they stopped the proceedings. They didn't just immediately kick the extra point. That the head ref went into the dugout, because again, this is the multi-purpose stadium the Pirates and the Steelers were using, went into the dugout and made a phone call to now Hall of Famer Art McNally. The, the, I guess the head of officials was there. To, to talk with him about what do I do? I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of rumors about, he was talking about what do I do or how do I handle, like, what did you see? Because, you know, we, we think it went off of Jack Tatum and, and Tatum, if, if the ball went off of Tatum, it was a legal grab by, by Franco Harris but at the time the rule was if you are an offensive player and it hits you and the ball goes up in the air you're the only person who can catch it that rule was changed six years later in 1978 and you know Raiders fans to this day say you know Art McNally used replay like there's a rumor that this is the first time the league used replay to confirm what was going on in the field which as you might imagine was not copacetic to use them wasn't myron copacetic (laughs) and i think bradshaw even feels uh he's done some interviews where he thought that the head ref went into the dugout and there was a television there and was and looked at it the nfl has sworn that they did not use replay at all in any way shape or form so the question of the moment wasn't did franco 
grabbed the ball before it hit the ground. The question of the moment was, did it hit Tatum or not? And it took a long time. And there's also a rumor, as you might imagine, there's also a rumor that the ref in question on the day didn't call Art McNally, but rather somebody in security to see if there was enough security if they ruled this incomplete. I heard that. That's always the one that I've heard. Yeah, that's always the story that I've heard. You heard that too, right? Yeah. So this is a a tale that has many different tellings to it. We're never going to know. I like both of those scenarios. (laughs) Like, hey, can we get out of here? But it looks like they got it right. Yeah. Right? It does look like it hit Tatum. It does. It does. And Did the ball hit the ground? Did the ball hit the ground? I mean, we found there's been new footage that has been unearthed, which is as clear and as good. That the ball did not hit the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Someone has an angle. I don't know where they came up with it from, but definitely didn't hit the ground. What was he doing there? Like, Franco just happened to be. Franco said that. At the right place, right time. Franco said that Joe Paterno always taught them to head towards the ball. And he was out as a, an outlet for Bradshaw if he needed one. And so he was out in the pass pattern because of that. And then, he saw and then the when the ball line. went over his head, he ran Sorry. towards the ball. Unbelievable. Because that was his instinct as taught to him by his college coach. And the ball caromed, and he was the guy on the spot. And then if you look, at, look back, I mean, he could have been caught from behind but wasn't and then the dynasty was born they won the super bowl and then won it three more times and the dynasty was born. that's why i mentioned at the top of the show like what what's comparing what what do you compare that to brady being you know bledsoe being knocked out of a game and then brings in brady and or the tuck rule another raiders another raiders moment like had had the tuck rule not been in the book had the tuck rule not been in the book, Brady, that's a fumble. I mean, that's as fumble as the day is long. But the rule is that if the ball is being brought down, that's considered an attempted pass, even though, as I pointed out over and over and over and over again, to get rid of the tuck rule and any platform that I had at the time, you know, when you take a football from a throwing position and start to bring it down, that's the indication you no longer intend to throw, but intend to brace yourself for a hit or run it. So it was a properly interpreted rule that a lot of people didn't know existed. No way. And then an arcane rule that eventually, like the tuck rule, got taken out of the book is what the Immaculate Reception was about that did the ball hit Tatum or did it not? Because uh, that would have made it an illegal grab, regardless of whether it hit the ground or not by, by Franco Harris. Just so you're accurate on the broadcast on uh, Saturday, Rich, they actually lost the next week to the Dolphins. They won the Super Bowl two years later. Oh, that's right. In 74. Thank you, sir. And that's when he actually what's, went on to... What, what's funny is the very next set the year... record. Very next year in 73, they lost to the Raiders. Raiders got revenge the very next year in the divisional round. Okay. There you have it. And they won two years later in 74. There you have it. They did lose the conference game. 
They lost the division, and then 74 is when they went on the run. That was the undefeated Dolphins year, 72. Yes, it was, was it not? <laughs> Greatest play ever, right? I, uh, it was voted with, as such. Without question, though, in your guys' mind, I think that's... Without, it's voted as such. I mean, like, what? I mean, there's other ones, the Holy Roller, there's the Hail Mary... First Which we refer to anybody throwing a ball needing some miracle to happen. But like I said, Franco Harris able to live 49 years and 362 days basking in this glorious moment. I can't believe it. I mean, I can't believe it. Others can't either. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Keenan Allen is... Stuck in a meeting, as they say right now. Nick in South Carolina, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Nick? Hey, Rich. How you doing, brother? I'm well. What's going on with you? Oh, man, just another day in paradise. Uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> listen, uh, a great call Saturday night. Looking, um, looking forward to it. Game. I think uh, you did a great job, man. I think you got a, a future in this business, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, Thank you, sir. Hey, listen, um, uh, I am sitting here drinking my hot chocolate as I don't drink coffee out of my uh, brand new uh, Rich Eisen Show coffee hey. cup. Hey, very good. From, you went to uh, richeisenshop.com. Atta boy. That's good. But uh, I think my cup is uh, defective, brother. I only got the logo on one side. Uh, oh, he got the whole oh, joint. Oh, my gosh. We'll, we'll get on that for you. The left-handed mug. No, it, it, it's okay, man. But uh, listen, uh is there any way we can um, get uh, Tua back on the show? Because, you know, you like Salty Tua. We all love Salty Tua. And um, he uh, hasn't gotten the message yet so far. I know you asked Tyreek uh, to tell him, but um, he uh, has a, hasn't gotten the message yet, apparently. And I uh, wonder if maybe you can help him out with that. I need, he needs more salt in his diet. There's no doubt about it. And this is the time. This is the time. Green Bay Packers come to town. And thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. And you all know, every single person who just heard what he had to say about the mug, know that's going to keep me up tonight. You know that, right? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Every person (laughs) who knows me and knows the show and knows the way that I react to things like that. I've got a left hand. It's going to be lit once the show's over. Just the spec is real. It is you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Let's do the power rankings. Oh. Let's do it. It's a Wednesday. It's the Rich Eisen Show. We're going to do power rankings. Hit it. Hit it. Hit it. This is my power rankings. All right, I need NFL Films Music, Jay Felly. Yes, Thank sir. you very much to get me oh. in the mood. It's an interesting power ranking list because number 10 on it is a new team on the list. Oh. I put him there. I believe I've done it. They've done it. They've got a red-hot quarterback. Oh, They've got an offensive team that's believing, and the coach is making him believe it. He's serving him ice cream, and they're eating up everything that he is putting on their plate, football-wise and everything else. The Jacksonville Jaguars are number 10 on my list. You don't wow. want to see him right now. You don't want to see him right now. You don't. You know, that's a fact. Because wow. they don't know what they don't know. And you don't know what you don't know until you see them. And right now, I'm looking around the league right now, and who would beat them? I think maybe the t- nine teams above them, but other than that, I don't know. 
Put them against the Jacks, the uh, the Ravens who fell off the list. Who wins that game right now? Do you think? Oh. Right, honestly. Yeah, you're probably right. Right now, put them up. Put the Jaguars against the Giants. The Jaguars against the Commanders. The Jaguars. I'm putting the Jaguars on this list right now. Number nine, up one spot, even though they lost. They look terrific, and everybody thought they would fold. Everybody thought the cold would make them just, you know, melt, which is odd. <laughs> but the Miami Dolphins really impressed me with their with their loss in Buffalo. They were up eight, and they had it right there in their midst, and you thought that they couldn't run it, and you thought that they wouldn't be able to do their high-flying act in the freezing cold in the, in the snow, and they did. So the Dolphins are up one spot, even though they – Lost Number eight on the list, up one spot. Hey, man, the Los Angeles Chargers have have Justin Herbert and an offense that is fully healthy and the defense that's getting healthier. And the Chargers are going to go into Indianapolis, I think, and come up with the dub on Monday night. And then they've got two winnable games, and then they're going to be showing up on the road potentially in, uh, in the spot of whoever finishes last amongst the trio of Super Bowl contenders from the Bengals, Chiefs, and Bills. And we'll see what happens when they go in the cold. But right now, I'm fascinated by what the Chargers are putting together, and they could finish with five straight wins. They really could. Uh, Number seven on the list, no change. Because I can't knock down a team with 11 wins. Uh, I, I, I kept the Vikings where they were. I kept them where they were at seven. I still think that they're just anytime you put Justin Jefferson on the field with Cousins playing the way he is and and Dalvin Cook the way he can play, you can't overlook them as much as you want to just keep kicking them when they're down or you don't believe in them. So they're number seven on the list. It's eerily quiet in here. Normally you guys are heckling me like a like like you know, it's a two drink minimum. I'm just waiting. Well, you no change. I kept the Cowboys where they are. Okay. All right. I kept I kept them where they are. Still a little low, but you okay. beat the Vikings. I think you can beat the Chargers. I think they might lose the Dolphins, to be honest with you. And you just lost to the Jaguars, who are number ten on the list. They they surfed off of your ten wins to get to number ten on the list, as far as I'm concerned. So I kept them at six, um, but I kept them out of the top five. That's for damn sure. That's- now, in terms of my top five, here's how I ordered it. They all won. So like, who's had the last couple of weeks that have caused a little bit of concern for me, even though they've won. They all win. So I I, I wasn't so just no, going to keep them No change. Dolphins in the top 10? They're number nine on my oh, list. Oh, I missed it. Sorry. Number five is the Chiefs, down three spots. Um, Denver, the game in Denver, I guess you could say on the road against the division opponent, that's cause for concern. Boy, they got lucky in Houston. They got lucky in Houston. Number four are the Bengals, up one spot. They have been phenomenal the way that they have been played, playing football. And going out the door, I'm going to hit that in hour number three after we talk to Terry Bradshaw a little bit more. Up one spot of the 49ers. I think they are dynamite. They have the best defense in football. And up one spot are the Bills. I put the Bills here. They've beaten the Chiefs. I can't wait to see them play the Bengals coming up. Josh Allen in the snow. What a big W that was. And the Eagles, you can't touch them. You can only hope to contain them, to use the Dan Patrick phrase, and we'll see what happens with Jalen Hurts. But right now, they are the best team in the National Football League, and that's my power rankings going into Christmas weekend. So there you go.
Yeah, just for the record, I was only, I can't speak for Chris, I only heckled because I wanted to give you a, a sense of what I was feeling like. It's all right, I'm like. a former stand-up comic. I need the feedback. But I stopped after a few weeks, you know, so. I would that's the, my list. That's my list. The Eagles have a big question mark now going into the. But coming into this week, they're the 13-win team. They're the tops in the NFL. They're the team to beat. With an injured quarterback. Or not. They say he might go. <laughs> or not. I don't know. Until he doesn't, he doesn't. I, I, you can't really argue with that fact. They're number one. They have that, to be. That he's, that he's injured? No, that the team is number Come one. Come on. I'm not going to knock them out just because Jalen Hurts, it's been after they came up with that win in Chicago. Yeah, and I then, got, you know, no again, the Eagles, Bills, Niners, Bengals, Chiefs, all won. So I, they're all got to be in my top five. The question yeah. is, how do you order them? And the Chiefs were two going in. And I'll just watch that game in Houston. And it kind of sleepwalked. Yeah. They did what the Cowboys did. They expected to show up. So and if I if I knock the Cowboys down, I got to knock the 20. Chiefs down. Now, just to keep things, I, I, I look at the rest of the way and I see they've got three winnable games and the Bills and the Bengals play each other. And if the Chiefs win out and the Bengals beat the Bills, the Chiefs are the one seed, which is why I think they have a great chance to make the Super Bowl. When I said, what, who do you put your marker on? I'm putting my marker on Mahomes and the team that wins the first seed in the in the AFC. You know? Because the Chiefs need to be one better than the Bills, which they would be if they went out and the Bills lose one of their last three, and the Bengals are just still one behind the Chiefs with that win if they went out. And so they can't cash in their head-to-head over Kansas City. Just throwing that all out there. I like it. That sound, but I love the how the Bengals are playing. I love it. Terry Bradshaw is coming up. Wow. Can't wait to talk to Terry on the day we find out that Franco Harris has passed away. That's coming up.